0: The show that lifts the voice
1: of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello,
2: everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have a delightful couple with me, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are going to be discussing the road to sexual mastery. I am so excited for this conversation. There's going to be so much good juice in here. I just know it. Let me tell you a little bit about them before we dive in. Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy are a husband and wife team who teach real sex for real people. They've been helping men and women have better sex and deeper intimacy for over 15 years and are on a mission to create a worldwide movement of true sexual empowerment. They are the creators of Power and Mastery, the most complete sexual stamina training for men and are the hosts of the Love Lab podcast, a weekly show on love, sex, and relationship. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi, Tatiana. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for having us on.
2: Absolutely. So what I like to do with couples, um, you know, I always ask people what their superpowers are, but with couples, I like to hear what your individual superpowers are, and then what the superpower is of the entity that is created when the two of you come together in a couple. So whoever wants to go first, what are your superpowers?
3: Well, we thought it would be kind of cool to answer each other's superpowers. Ooh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I think is one of Celine's superpowers is that when it comes to the work that she does with people, she brings in this shame-free attitude towards sex that just instantly makes people feel more at ease. More ease in their bodies, more ease with their sexuality, more ease in their relationships, and it really, it really enables people to open up and really do the work.
1: And when it comes to Kevin's superpower, I'd like to say that Kevin um, brings his sword of truth everywhere he goes, and um, he has the ability to take these really complex things and make them simple and easy to understand, and. I have to say that, Kevin, I call him a master cock because his ability to um, use his body and he's really master his ability to use his penis, his cock and like make love, not just with his cock, but with his entire body, heart, mind and soul.
3: Wow! Thank you.
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> in
1: the right line of work, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd say that the entity as a couple that we bring together is is a super powerful place. What we've noticed is every time people spend time with us they feel inspired and uplifted and it's fascinating because we've witnessed that with so many of either just friends or clients that work with us we come into a space and we have this ability to transform the heavy the pain the shadow because that's what most people carry all the time with them mm-hmm. and we're like let's shed some light and let's bring pleasure and people do a whole like 360 or 180 whatever it is like total turn and then they feel inspired to focus on the positive and the pleasure again.
2: I love it. I can feel it radiating off of you too. So, uh, like I said to our listeners, you're in for a treat today. We're going to talk about some good stuff. So, um, and I love that you two shared each other's superpowers. Do you feel resonant with what the, does each feel resonant with what the other person shared?
3: Oh, absolutely.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll take that one, yeah <laughs> totally I, I do <laughs> beautiful, um, so sweet so so, I wanted to talk about the road to sexual mastery because i I can see and just feel that you two have a wealth of information and knowledge um around this topic, you know, I mentioned before we got on the recording we we talk a lot about communication about about setting a, an appropriate container. And I don't want to undermine the importance of that, which is why we talk about it so much on this show, because I really think that, you know, the, all, all of the tips that you can read about in Cosmo don't do anything for you if you don't have that as a solid foundation. However, I think you guys have a wealth of information also about, about those tips. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of the most common challenges that especially men can can come up against in the bedroom, which you know the mo- the two most common ones are premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. Because um, I know that that's a that's an area that the two of you work in and supporting men with. So we don't have a ton of time to dive into that before we go to a break. But why don't we just start with with one of them and um, let's start with with premature ejaculation. I, I saw something that. Uh, you said on your website, which I thought was really, really fascinating when it comes to premature ejaculation, about men have been training themselves to come too soon. I'd love to hear <laughs> you say more about this.
3: Oh, yes, they have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, this goes all the way back to, uh, you know, when men are just little boys and they're discovering their penises and learning how to masturbate. Because usually what they're doing is hiding in the bathroom or hiding in their bedroom, trying not to get caught, hoping mom doesn't walk in. And what that does is it trains them to try to ejaculate as quickly as they can. Mm. And just like anything else, however you train is how you're going to do it in real life. So if you were going to train for a sport, if you wanted to train for a marathon and all you ever did was run five miles... Well, you're not really going to be able to run a marathon, are you? Right. Because you've never done it, right? You've never actually gone the full marathon. Um, and the same thing here. So your body will actually get trained to ejaculate faster if all you ever do is, hurry up, I got a couple of minutes. Or if you put on your porn movie and you go you know, straight to the money shot and you uh, masturbate really quick and then ejaculate you're literally training the response in your body to do that every time. And your body doesn't know the difference between when you're masturbating by yourself with some porn and when you're actually having sex with a partner. And so the same result happens.
2: Yeah. And this, so let's talk about porn for a second because I'm curious to hear your, your take on it. I think, you know, I have some, I have some opinions about it. I think that, We've done ourselves a huge cultural disservice, especially in the world of sex, with the ubiquitous consumption of porn. And I think there's also probably some good porn out there, um, but I'm curious to hear your your take on it.
1: Sure. So I think it's not a black and white situation. It's yeah. never what it's. It's more of the how. And so how do you use porn? You know, can you masturbate without porn and be happy or do you have to have porn in order to be aroused and, and get into, into the mood? And then what kind of porn do you watch? And then do you get less turned on when you are in real life situation because you're so used to having so many images or a certain type of woman that's not real that when you with the real deal, it doesn't do it for you. Or do you use porn sometimes to discover new things about yourself, new things about your desires or kinks, or to initiate a conversation with your partner so again, I think it can be used both ways, and it depends on how you use it
2: agreed and i i really i think that's a really beautiful um perspective to have, and I think that i'm I'm really uh grateful to hear you say it because I think oftentimes we can get into this this black and white and I mean we see this. Just it's huge in our culture in general right now this this polarization of opposites and 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 I'm I'm all about that middle walk how can how can we find a balance um, without making something right or wrong but using it as a tool and using it responsibly.
3: Yeah, I would also add too that not all porn is created equal, right? right. So there's there's a lot of porn that if you watch sends very bad signals. Right. In other words, it teaches you bad behavior in relationships it teaches you bad sexual technique it teaches you a bunch of things that just aren't good and if you watch enough of it and you start to emulate it you're going to have bad relationships and bad sex but that doesn't mean all porn is that way and there are some things that could actually be good from it so we're we're not against it we're not necessarily for it either we just like celine said it's really all on how you use it
2: yeah yeah um Okay, so we do have to go to a quick break. And before we go, I would love for you to share with our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work and your podcast and all all that good stuff.
1: All right. So if you are um, a man who wants to um, last longer <laughs> or have so have harder erections or develop your sexual skills, go to powerandmastery.com. That's where you can find all about our courses. And then if you want to Really diving into all the free stuff we've created. We have something called the Sex Vault, and that's available on my site at CelineRemy.com and it's C E L I N E R E M Y.com. And this is everything we've ever created that's for men, women, couples, single. You'll find something for you in the Sex Vault to help you upgrade your sex life.
3: And don't forget our podcast, the Love Lab podcast, which airs every Thursday. And you can find it on all the major outlets. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, <laughs> iTunes, uh, everywhere. ITunes, all the good Google things. Play, <laughs> all, all the usual places you find podcasts.
2: Yeah, awesome. So we're talking with Celine Remy and Kevin Anthony about the road to sexual mastery. More when we get back. Stay tuned.
0: Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world.
2: All right, we are back. So I know we kind of like dove right into some some juicy bits right off the bat. And I, I want to actually backtrack a little bit. And I want to ask specifically, Kevin, um, I mean, I want to hear from both of you. But because we're, we're talking about things like premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, things that men can really struggle with a lot. Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit about your own journey into this work, Kevin.
3: Sure. So I never personally suffered from erectile dysfunction. And I wouldn't have classified myself as a premature ejaculator either. But as a very young man, I just had this desire, like I wanted to be able to last longer, so that I could be able to have sex longer. And because I knew that, you know, my girlfriends at the time needed more time than I did. And so, even though I I hadn't really read any books, I hadn't really studied anything as a young man. I just instinctively knew that, you know, I wanted this experience to be amazing for both of us and that she was going to need more time. And so I was like, okay, how can I be able to do that? How can I be able to last long enough to be able to, you know, give her the time that she needs to get there, to get to her orgasm. And so you know I remember i mean early on as a teenager, i don't even know how I mean we didn 't even really have the internet back then. I know I 'm dating myself <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there, you know we did, we couldn't just go oh let me let me go on and google that you know like that that didn't work, mm-hmm. but I remember somehow uh, hearing about doing uh the towel exercises right where you where you <laughs> get an erection and you hang a towel uh, on your penis and then you contract the muscles now. What I didn't realize at the time was that was basically a form of, you know, what people call male Kegels, right? So it's strengthening Mm -hmm. the muscles that help control the ejaculation. But I just, I heard of it somewhere, I don't even know where, and I was like, okay, that could work. I'm going to try it. And so I I literally was doing that and I saw a difference and I was like, okay, this is working. (laughs) (laughs) So it just kind of led me on a path of, well, what else is there to learn? Um, what else can I do? How can I be better? As I got older, um into you know my twenties and early 30s, I, I discovered uh, tantra and Taoist practices and you know every little rabbit hole I went down, I'm like, ooh, what is this? Ooh, what is that? Oh, how could this potentially help? Let me try this in the bedroom and see what the result is, and then be like, oh yeah, that worked, or oh no, that really didn't work, you know. <laughs> And it was just this process of evolution over years and years of just wanting to be the best I could be for myself and also for my partner. So I never really set out to teach any of this stuff. It really, for me, was just a personal journey.
0: Yeah.
3: And over the time a lot of uh guy friends started asking me like well hey how do you do this or you know how can I do that or you know they just were coming to me constantly and asking me questions and then I started having people asking me to teach workshops like hey you think you could like have a workshop on this and I was like mm-hmm. I, I the ge- word got out <laughs> <laughs> I was like I guess I could put something together I'm like I don't really I haven't prepared anything you know and And so it was in the back of my mind for a while to start doing this work. Then Celine and I get together. And she was already doing this work, already an expert in her field. And as soon as we got together, it became really apparent that we needed to do this together. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I didn't want to instantly encroach on her work. I didn't want to be that couple. like Because you see this a lot in the industry. You have one person in the couple that does the work, the other person who doesn't. But they get together and then suddenly they're both experts on it. And you're like, that person doesn't really know anything. It's just because they happen to be in coupleship with this person. I didn't really want to do that. So you know, we, we took time and it's, it's been years now that we've been together where we've been sort of co-creating stuff with me sort of in the background without wanting to kind of step in and, and uh, overshadow her. Not overshadow her, but just like, I just didn't want to be that guy. Do the,
2: do the typical male thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and so now we have finally, this past year, we've come to the point where she's really saying, it's really time you need to come work with me now. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that feels good.
2: Mm. Beautiful. Yes. You know, that's so in alignment. I um, I've, you know, I talk about this on the show, but I, I have worked with many um, indigenous elders over the years. And there's, there's one teacher in particular, Nana Wilma, who um, is a Mayan elder from Guatemala, who I've worked with over the past seven years. And one of the things that she has talked with our community about a lot is this time that we're in. Of, of sort of the elevation of the, the feminine and, and of, of feminine leadership. and um, but what she's very clear about is that we're you know because she talks about the the shift in the Mayan calendar and 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 transitioning from this this ending of this sort of patriarchal dominant cycle into into more of a feminine leadership cycle. But what she's very clear about is that it's not now we're going to be matriarchal society. She said that the, the, it's the time that we're in right now and the, and the job of the women is to, yes, step into our power, step into our leadership, and then to take the hands of the men and, and bring them up beside us. And so I just, I love, I feel like you two are really modeling that in a very beautiful way from what you just described.
1: Absolutely. And thank you for seeing that. And this is really something that I'm very adamant about teaching the women that who work with me. It's uh, not falling into the trap of becoming all feminist or matriarchal and then doing exactly what has been done just exactly. reversed. And I think that the next level of relationship, and this is what we are experiencing in our relationship, is really when you can uplift one another and bring out the best. And this is like you become... Super powerful and unstoppable, and that's really how I feel and how our relationship feels to me.
2: Yes, and 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 that's also part of why I wanted to focus a little bit on some of the issues that men experience because we talk a lot on the show about you know the uplifting of the divine feminine and women stepping into their power. But I think if we, I think, and I've seen this where we we can kind of take it one step too far where where we. We barrel over the men you know with our with our power, and it's like okay now now we're the ones in power, and we 've been oppressed for so many years, and so we 're just going to sort of take the lead and leave you guys in the dust and um, mm-hmm. i really don't i don't believe that that's the way so um, so thank you for modeling
1: mm-hmm. that and you know I think like I would like to bring the importance of women to have compassion and understanding around men and men's sexuality since we are on this subject. Yes, yes. Because there is a lot of pressure for a man to perform. You know, when a man enters the bedroom and is into the sexual realm, his sole focus is her pleasure, is making her happy. And he's like, I have to perform. I have to show up for her. And depending on how the woman will respond, if she is not always supportive, you know, he's a man and he's a human being. And I always say it's not... Like thinking that you're going to have a cock of steel that never goes down (laughs) is not reasonable. There's time where it goes up and down, softens a little bit, gets harder. And depending on how the woman reacts to what's happening in the bedroom. So let's say um, they're making love and he loses his erection. If she is blaming him or getting mad at him, she's becoming part of the problem. That's right. If he comes too quickly and she laughs, or she says, you know, or she makes jokes when they're in public, and I've heard that where they like, you know, they make little jokes, or you see that in movie. Yeah, anyway, it's not like he can last anyway, or like, or they make fun of the size of his penis or things like that. These are common things that we still see portrayed in Hollywood or that we hear in our society. These things hurt men, and I think it's really important for women to start to realize that we have a very important role to play. It is easier for us women to step into sexual healing and multiple orgasm, tap into our Sex goddess or high priestess, however you want to name it, and it is our duty to bring that into the bedroom and help men step up into their role of the sexual healer, too. But in order to do so, we need to have compassion that you know things do happen and we need to work together and not fight against one another,
2: yes, and not shame them when things like this occur because they're, I mean. Especially with premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, I think there's a tremendous amount of shame that comes with those conditions, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's really deep. And it's not just in the bedroom. As a matter of fact, I was just on the phone with a client um, yesterday, and what um, he was talking about is how it started to uh, leak into every area of his life. Mm-hmm. Not being able to maintain his erection like has created this feedback loop where um, he doesn 't show up as a man anymore in his relationship with his wife, and now he 's starting to see that even like uh, in his work and with other men, he was telling me how it was affecting him and his relationship with other men because he doesn 't see himself as a full whole man he 's seeing himself as broken, and that 's really sad.
2: So for someone who's listening to this who is struggling with uh, erectile dysfunction, say what where where do you begin with them? What are what are some things that you do to help support them in this journey?
3: Well, with erectile dysfunction, that's kind of a broad statement. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do is we need to start to dig down in and figure out what is potentially causing it because it could be Anything from emotional, psychological, to lifestyle, to physical plumbing issues, there's a lot of things that can potentially be causing erectile dysfunction. So when starting to work with somebody that comes to you and says, I have erectile dysfunction, we really need to start to dig into, okay, what do we think is causing it? Then from there, we can start to work on specific strategies for Mm -hmm. addressing it.
1: And the first step is, okay, you want to look at your lifestyle and at the physical, because if that doesn't quite work, no matter what you do mentally, if your hormones levels are too low, uh, your testosterone is really low, it's going to be really hard to have a strong hard-on. Um, if you overweight and your body is very inflamed, that's also going to get in the way. And it's not like your sex is separated and then your body is over there. Everything is connected. Right. And sometimes people are surprised because we do, we will, ask those questions. We'll try to figure out, especially if we're on the phone and we don't see them right away. Um, And it's like, okay, like, are you overweight? How do you eat? How much do you exercise? How much do you sleep? Because all of this will affect your erections.
2: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's actually like, I mean, to me, it's like, of course, it's a no brainer, but I think it's actually a pretty radical perspective to, to hold and to, you know, it's something that most people don't, think about and especially not in our, in our medical society, it's like just take a Viagra, you know they don't look at all of what could be some of the underlying causes.
3: And, and that's exactly the problem is that we actually have to re-educate people because they're so used to just pop a pill for that, right, right. And, and popping the pill never solves the underlying condition. It may temporarily solve the symptom. So yeah, a lot of times it really is re-educating, going back to basics and finding out, okay, what's really going on here? And I love the part that Celine brought in too, because so many people think that, you know, their erectile dysfunction is separate from anything else. It's so it's this weird thing that we do as humans where we isolate everything into its own little box, mm-hmm. you know, but nothing is isolated. It's all connected, every bit of your life. And so how the rest of your body is doing how your heart health is how your brain health is absolutely affects how your penis works so it's all connected
2: yeah i can I, I can almost hear this like collective groan of like oh my god the diet and exercise conversation like no you know and yet you know how do you support people in overcoming that that initial obstacle because making those lifestyle changes is not easy Right, we. Well, I think I think the majority of us sort of quote-unquote know what we're supposed to be doing, and we're not doing it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think when we start to connect the dots, so remember Kevin's superpower to take the complicated things and make them simple. So we help them connect the dots. They feel the pain they're in for not being able to make love the way they want, to not being able to show up as a lover they know they can, uh, the pain is strong enough that they realize that they can either spend the rest of their life living like this and never reaching their sexual potential, or make a few changes. And we take baby steps. Of course, this is not—we're not specialists in nutrition, uh, even though Kevin has some background.
3: Yeah, I, I sort of am, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't—it hasn't been what we've been doing. That's not how like we really market. But we we do have that. Like you worked as a personal trainer, so we have actually created some simple workouts, uh, things that we teach people of, of short things to do, where it's no more than 10 to 20 minutes a day, because anyone can find 10 to 20 minutes a day or change one habit at a time. Um, in, our, in our course, Power Up Your Erections, we we teach all of these. We have different, uh, different short practices. And that's how we've been finding was creating enough of a change. So rather than saying you got to do everything different and it's right. going to be so overwhelming, it's going to overhaul your whole life. Exactly, we pick yeah. one thing at a time. So we pick and choose, and um. It's not just us. We have a conversation and the person has to want it bad enough, right? <laughs> so we make them accountable too. And we're like, which one do you pick? You know? And then we're like, the next time we get on the call together, you know, you gotta have this in place. So we become the accountability buddies.
3: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we don't we don't limit it to just that. In other words, we don't work with somebody and say, Okay, you can't move on to the next steps until you master this, because we know it's gonna be a long road and it's mm-hmm. gonna be challenging. So it's like Let's lay the groundwork while you're working on that then there's other things we can do as well.
1: Like what? Well, tackle the mental thing because um in in the realm of ED um in if you just pop a pill and uh, the problem is actually a um emotional, uh, thing that's going on in the relationship. Mm Um, and that's really what's happening with several clients who see us, they they take Viagra and it still doesn't work because the problem is not plumbing. (laughs) The problem is a communication or how they interact with one another. I always say that, um, there's the wisdom of the penis. And most men, they try to not listen to it because they're like, uh, you know, I don't want to take the time to dwell into that. And I'm like, your penis is trying to tell you something here. Mm -hmm. You need to listen. And so that's what we start to do. That's what we start to ask questions. We start to ask, how do you make love? What happens when you lose an erection? How do you guys react? If we work just with the man, we teach him how to create a different scenario. If we work with a couple, we coach them through that. And then, you know, we send them home with homeworks and they're supposed to practice. So (laughs) there's a lot of like breaking down what happens and creating new scenarios. Um, So um, Kevin does NLP as well. He's a certified NLP. I'll be a practitioner too. And so we believe a lot in reprogramming and rewiring mm-hmm. things through positive scenarios.
3: Yeah. One of the things that we see a lot when people have ED or erectile dysfunction is a very negative inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so especially once they need to get it up and they can't. And then all this stuff comes in about I'm not good enough, I'm not masculine enough, she doesn't love me anymore. Like all this stuff that comes in. So there's a lot of, as Celine said, reprogramming of your your inner dialogue and, and the, the the conversation that you have with yourself and how you feel and your confidence level.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the, the confidence thing is huge. One one thing that I wanted to ask, because you were, you know, you're talking about obviously to, in order to make a change in this is whether it's in the bedroom or anywhere, you have to want it badly enough, right? You have to be motivated. Why, why would someone want sexual mastery? What does it give them?
3: That's a great question. Um, You know, one of the things that I think it gives to a lot of men, at least anyways, you know, Salim was talking earlier about the client she had a phone conversation with recently, where he was noticing that his lack of confidence and performance in the bedroom was then affecting his lack of confidence and performance outside the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that we can tell, you know, men, if they're thinking about it is like, watch the ripple effect that happens through your whole life. If you can solve this problem, watch how it bleeds over into everything. You're more confident in the meetings. Your work performance is better. In every area of your life, you're suddenly going to feel more confident and better because you know you've got it.
1: And then I want to bring the part of Having a well fucked satisfied woman who looks at you with loving, adoring eyes.
2: I love I love that you just said a well fucked satisfied woman.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean it's every man's dream to have a woman who like craves his cock and wants him. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the reality is that most women are under-fucked and they're not done well. And it's hard to to have those feelings for your man if he's not giving you what you need. And stepping outside of the box, outside of the quick, um, get hard, ejaculate, slam, bam, be done, and start to create another level of sexuality that's more about the journey, the connection, the depth, the intimacy will create another level in the relationship. And that's when the woman finally feels safe enough to open up. And when a woman opens up, not just her pussy, but her heart, something magical happens. I mean, your relationship blossoms. You show up better for one another. You are better parents. You are better human beings. So the whole world benefits from you uh, being more sexually satisfied.
2: Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more and that's, that's why I, that's why I do this show and I'm on this path. I just always love to hear people's unique responses to questions like that. Um, so let's go back to, um, to this. We were, we were talking before the break actually about, about porn, about premature ejaculation, about sort of training ourselves to come too soon. Um, with with that kind of a situation, where do you start with a man?
1: The very first step is to basically look at what he's doing wrong, <laughs> because most of the time it's poor habits, right, that created this. The enough. There are a few situations where uh, there could be a physiological thing, but it's very rare. Um, and and most of the time it's due to some medication that people take. Um, so we kind of have to rule that out. But uh, apart from that, because that's outside of our realm of expertise sure. and, and what we do, uh, once we've ruled that out is to notice what do you do? How do you masturbate? <laughs> uh, we break it down. We Sometimes we... Um, and that's mostly what I do when I work with clients one-on-one. I do masturbation coaching so I can see what's going on, um, if, uh, whether virtually or in person. And and it's easy for me because I, I can see everything. The way you do sex, the way you masturbate is the way you do everything too in life. And it helps me. I see a lot of common denominator and If you are a man listening right now and who is experiencing premature ejaculation or early ejaculation, um, you're probably not going to like that. But one thing that we've noticed is there's a tendency to want everything quick want it done already before it begins. So we see a pattern. Um, So again, just by asking questions, and usually that's the type of clients who reach out to us and ask, are you available yesterday to work with me? It
3: literally literally starts in the email phase when they contact us. Now, 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 now. Instantly we go, "Mm -hmm." another premature ejaculation. There's a pattern there. I wanted to also add to that because you, you phrased that question sort of like, well, when it comes to porn, what's the first step? And I wanted to add in also that generally we ask our clients to take a break from porn. Okay. We don't tell them that they can't do it anymore. You have to quit cold turkey. We usually say during this process while we're retraining you, you need to take a break for a little while.
1: Or at least not come to porn.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then while while they're on that break, uh, we also teach them a new way of masturbating that retrains their body.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So this is fascinating. I've never heard of masturbating masturbation coaching before. So do you do this like through video? Like you actually watch what they're doing and you give them different instruction for
1: like how to physically manipulate themselves? Tatiana, I'm so glad you asked. I have to say, this is, I think, my favorite thing. You know, there was a point in life where, so this is exactly what happens. We get on a Zoom call with video. And um, I remember sitting there and thinking, I can't believe I'm being paid to do this. This is the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) And so, um, because I never work over one session, because you can't yeah. You, know, you can't achieve anything. We Absolutely. do usually at least three sessions, but the first session is literally me watching and kind of taking notes. I mean, it's, it sounds clinical, but it's not. It's we create a good space, and then I reflect back. and You know, there's a lot of things that comes up because. It's not easy to be witnessed in your masturbation,
2: right? I was just going to say. I mean, the witnessing
1: in it is uh, in and of itself would probably affect the outcome a little bit. Absolutely, regardless. the quickest way to let go of sexual shame is to be witnessed. Yeah, and so we already peel off layers of shame just by doing this process. So usually the first session is like removing tons of heavy baggage and layers of shame that get thrown out of the window. Mm-hmm. Then it's like they get pointers around. Bad habits and things of like that they need to stop and change. So, like, what are some bad habits that you see? Well, (laughs) uh, like Kevin mentioned at the beginning, the bad habits are the things you've been doing since you've been. Training yourself to masturbate since you were kids, you haven't changed how you masturbated. You got very excited quickly, went from point A to point B. A new goal is to come really quick
3: zero to a hundred in six seconds. Okay.
1: Exactly. So, these are one of them. Another one is how they touch their penises. Um, there are a lot of different ways than just stroking up and down, you know, and you can bring in different ways. Some men also will uh, desensitize themselves by how they touch themselves. So we have to retrain sensitivity and all of that. And so, that usually will come into session two or the next step after we've done the witnessing where it's like a driver's ed. But it's masturbation, so I tell them what to do
0: and how (laughs) to do this. This is amazing. You can witness
1: it, right? It's like it's a little, and this is really how I describe it. It's driving that for your masturbation. I tell you, take a right, take a left, slow down, breathe. I mean, there's a whole foundation where we teach breathing practices and you know coming into your body, literally, because most people, and especially when you watch porn. You are um, not connected with yourself. You are focused on the outside. You give your power away to something else on the outside. And usually what happens is if that something else doesn't show up, you lose your erections or you lose your arousal because you have projected everything outside of yourself. So we retrain you to connect within yourself and have that power come from within. So it doesn't matter what's on the outside. You are your own master of your body.
2: So this is just, I, 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 again, like I, I love that you guys are doing this. I think it's so important because we have so much shame around our sexuality and there are like, there are things that no one is talking about, right? Like where do you go to actually get specific pointers about how to touch your penis in a certain way to have an impact? I mean, that's, it's, it's revolutionary that you're offering this. So I just really want to like hats off to you. Thank you for, for doing that. Um, because I don't know many people, you're the first people I've met who are doing that in particular. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I do know some, some sexological body workers, um, and masturbation coaching is that's, that's a first one. So kudos to you. That's amazing. um, (laughs) One thing I was curious about when you were talking about, about men desensitizing themselves and how they touch themselves is, do you see a difference in men who are circumcised and men who are not?
1: Mm, that's a good question. So I happen to be a uh, European. I'm from Switzerland and uh, Kevin was not my first lover. So
3: What? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're just telling me this now.
1: <laughs> so, um, thank, thank God
3: you <laughs> became experienced well, seasoned. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> so, my first experiences were, um, with European men, and I think it's very much reversed the proportion of circumcised and non-circumcised. So, before right. I came to America, it's, I mostly had sex with people that were uh, not circumcised, and um yes and no. It's interesting. Um, I think it depends on the circumcision because there's like partial circumcision where there's still a little bit of some skin wiggle room. You know, it's not for skin covering anything anymore, but there's still some elasticity in some ways that the penis and the the skin works. Or sometimes there's, I've seen really botched, um, circumcision. So, um, because I do work hand on, I'm, I'm a I'm a sexological body worker too. So uh, when I work hand on with people, I get to see those things. Um, but what I've noticed, I think it has more to do with the attitude. So yes, there are some physical reality that you may have lost some sensations and stuff, but it's what you do with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I've noticed is that some people are like, okay, I was circumcised, that sucks, and now. Um, I'm going to do my best to be as sensitive as I can and regrowing because we can regrow uh Pathways, nerve pathways, and sensations. In my training, I met a guy who was paraplegic, lost uh, his, uh, his legs, and so lost his ability to have erections and, and sensations in his penis. And what he did is that he retrained his finger, his little finger, to be like his penis and got all the different sensations and could literally orgasm from having his finger touched um, like you would touch a penis. And that's how he was experiencing sexual pleasure. And I love to tell that story because I think it's very eye-opening for most guys because he did not let that stop him of like, oh, darn, I can't have a boner anymore or or, or I can't use my legs so my sex life is over. He was like, how can I still have a sex life? How can I regrow pathways and, and, and enjoy my life? And I see it with the circumcision. I've met people who went more into the path of I would say the victim of like, poor me, I've been circumcised and now my life sucks and I can't feel anything. And then they kind of create this scenario in their head. And that's, that's the reality they experience.
3: Yeah, and I would say that, that it has less to do with circumcision and a lot more to do with how they use their penis. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch, I, I don't want to keep bringing up porn. I'm just using this as an example because I think a lot of people have probably seen it. But <laughs> but <laughs> if you watch when guys masturbate in porn, it's rough. It's like a yeah. jackhammer. They're
2: right. like, rah!
3: Or, you know? or
2: just having sex in porn is yeah, like that. Exactly, yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly. And and so that's how a lot of guys masturbate. Mm-hmm. Zero to 100, Right like really rough masturbation. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard men tell me they've literally not, not permanently broken, but broken their penises, like had swelling on their penis from masturbating. So to talk about desensitizing yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that when Celine's doing masturbation coaching, she really worked with. It's like, it's not just about slow down. I mean, yes, slow down is a big piece of it, but how are you touching yourself? Like, are you, are you literally manhandling yourself and and like (laughs) practically ripping your penis off (laughs) or are you treating it like a sacred object?
2: Well, and I guess, I guess that question comes from a curiosity and I don't know if you guys have an answer to this. I don't know if anyone does, but it's, it's something that I, um, have been curious about for many years. You know, I used to work in the birth world and, um, and so circumcision was a topic, you know, because like, what are you going to do with your baby's penis after the baby's born? Um. And and I and I've been very curious about a potential correlation with sort of the what I consider an excess of, of circumcising of people in our country, and and that jackhammer thing because if there is a desensitization that occurs, I mean i, I I'm hearing you and I love everything that you said about being able to regrow that, but if that is actually um, potentially at at the cause of some of what we're seeing in terms of the the degree of sexual violence and the degree of intensity of of needing to stimulate so, so vigorously because there's actually less sensation without foreskin.
1: So here's what I would say about that is I'm not a proponent of circumcision. I don't advocate for it. And I don't think it should be done the way it's done, especially on newborns without any anesthesia, because that means that their first sexual experience is traumatic. Right. And I like to always say that issues get stuck in the tissues. Mm -hmm. And when I work hands-on with people, what I like to do is to bring a shitload of love into that area and help them remove that from the tissue so that it no longer uh, hinders them or is part of their, like, their story where they can finally let go and move past that. And so I have worked with men who could still say, yeah, that was a trauma and I still feel it. And we're like, okay, let's do sexual healing. Let's 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 move this out of the body. We did uh, penis massage and pelvic floor release and breath work and a lot of different things combined that helped them to feel like that traumatic experience was now something of the past. There are some men who have regrown well, it's not that you regrow your foreskin, but you can make it. You can stretch yeah. it, and for some, it was an element that was necessary for their head to be to feel complete with that healing. And so, I have met men who've done this, and for them, that was that that was a part of the healing. And so, I say that yes, it is a trauma, and yes, it can affect how you do sex, but it doesn't have to define you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm hmm Yeah.
2: And I think that's a very powerful message. Do you have any, th- any thoughts on this, Kevin?
3: Well, much like Celine, I do not advocate for circumcision. I don't see any benefit to it whatsoever. Um, if I had children, which I don't, I certainly would not have them circumcised. Um, you know, this idea that if you don't do it, there's going to be uh, medical complications down the road is nonsense. All you need to do is have some somewhat decent personal hygiene. And this is not an issue in any way, shape, or form. So I don't advocate for it. I am circumcised because I was born here in the US. Mm-hmm. I never had any sort of lack of sensation. In fact, mm-hmm. I think a lot of men really have the opposite. They have, they have too much sensation, which is why they end up uh, partially into the uh, premature ejaculation category. Mm-hmm. But having said that, um you know Celine especially has worked with enough people that she really has seen quite the range of circumcisions which means not everyone is a good one like right. some of them are fine like I, I apparently was lucky i have a decent one but uh, there's all across the board from okay to perfectly fine to completely messed up
2: hmm. yeah it's, it's like horrifying to think about. And I, <laughs> I, um, I agree with you in the, in the space of, of it being unnecessary. I do know, I mean, I, I have a friend whose son, it did become a medical requirement and it wasn't, it wasn't for lack of hygiene. So I know that there are, there are outlying scenarios, but I think, um, it would behoove us to not make collective decisions based on outlying scenarios when it comes exactly. to our bodies. You know? Exactly. Um, so we are coming to the end of our time. I want to thank you both so much for this conversation. You are just wonderful and I'm, I love the work that you're doing and I'm, I'm grateful that you're out there in the world doing it. Before we come to a close, is there anything that we didn't touch on or anything that you really want to kind of reemphasize for our listeners before we close out today?
1: I feel like I want to end on a positive note, like because this was really deep and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. was a little heavy and what comes to mind right now is there is hope where whenever you, wherever you are on your spectrum of your sexual journey whether you are suffering for sexu- from of sexual issues whether you consider yourself being a good lover or a great lover there is hope and there is always a new level and there's never going to be a place where you're going to be in your life like this is it i've reached this place And it's a constant journey and evolution. And I want people to really keep that in mind, that they're not going to one day wake up feeling perfect and that everything is different, that it is a day-to-day experience and you just have to show up the best you can. And you have to seek out real information, real support if you have issues. But you also have to start to look for role models and people who demonstrate what a healthy sexuality uh, can look like. And we are big advocates of saying it's a myth that sex goes downhill once you're married or once you've been together mm-hmm. for many
3: years. Or as you get older.
1: Or as you get older because we've been together for many years and we're married and we work together and our sex life keeps getting better and better. And I also want people to really know that don't always set expectations that it has to be mind-blowing every time you have mm-hmm. sex. Just good old regular boring sex can be fantastic for your relationship. So don't always expect that it has to be this mind-blowing thing. Just be okay with having sex and connecting and going beyond just the physical act. Sex is not just... Um, like genitals rubbing together, it has so much more to it. You can heal yourself. You can create a deeper bond. You can increase your energy. You can call in, uh, manifest things through sex magic. And I know you had an episode on your show about that. So there is so much potential when it comes to our sexuality that seek help if you're not living your full potential. And if you're already expressing your sexual expression, find other people who support your expression.
2: Beautiful. Thank you. Kevin, do you have any parting words? Or
3: I mean, that was so good. Where do I? It's true. It was good. I'll just keep it short. And I'll say, because this episode was mostly geared towards men. And so I would just say to the men out there, like Celine said, it really doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum. There is hope. You can always improve. So don't worry about it if you're having problems with Uh, uh, erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation or anything like there are resources out there there are people out there courses you can change your life if you want to
2: awesome well thank you both so so much and to our listeners thank you i'm so grateful for your continued support we wouldn't be where we are all over the globe without your continuing to tune in so if you want to know more about what we're up to over at superpower experts you can go to superpowerexperts.com come and play with us come explore and discover your superpowers and and investigate how you can use them to help change the world and until next time go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply many many blessings